Our scripture today comes from the seventh chapter of the Gospel of Luke, verses 31 through 35. And Jesus said, To what then will I compare the people of this generation? And what are they like? They are like children sitting in the marketplace, calling to one another. We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We wailed, and you did not weep. For John the Baptist has come eating no bread and drinking no wine, and you say he has a demon. The Son of Man has come eating and drinking, and you say, look, a glutton and a drunkard a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But nevertheless, wisdom is vindicated by all her children. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So about this time of year, I usually feel like I need to take a break from all of the overindulging that I've done during the holidays. But this year has been different. And I think maybe the reason that I don't feel the need for some self-imposed abstinence this year is because so much of 2020 has felt like, well, one long fast. Not from food, necessarily. Well, although I do remember panicking a little at the beginning of the pandemic, seeing the empty shelves where the Cheetos should be. But even once the grocery stores returned to normal, we were, and still are, fasting from friends we can't visit, from family we can't hug, from coworkers we can't co-work with. We're fasting from our favorite stores and coffee shops and restaurants. And of course, we're fasting from church. As an introvert, I really didn't expect to miss you all very much, but I do. I miss the buzz of energy in the sanctuary as people gather for worship. I miss the kids racing forward as we sing, this is where children belong. I miss those times that can suddenly feel so sacred in here, like in a baptism or listening to the choir or that moment of silence right after the benediction. We've all been fasting. And now, I don't want to reduce the last 10 months to some big spiritual exercise with tough but important lessons. This pandemic has wreaked terrible loss and suffering that won't be so easily molded into meaning. But I do think the language of fasting offers a valuable lens through which to reflect on, on what we're going through right now. The Greek physician Hippocrates recognized the therapeutic potential of a good fast as early as the 5th century. And every faith tradition I know endorses it for spiritual clarity. John Calvin, the father of Presbyterianism, believed that fasting was beneficial in, quote, preparing the individual privately for prayer, as well as promoting humility, the confession of guilt, gratitude for God's grace, and of course, disciplining lust, end quote. He thought communal fasting would, quote, help assuage the wrath of God, thus combating the ravages of plague, famine, and war. I bet he was fun at parties, don't you think? But he's right. 
There's nothing better to attune one's senses to what really matters than to be deprived of it. Fasting allows certain parts of the body to rest while at the same time increasing focus on other things, both of which have happened to us during this pandemic. And while we didn't choose this global fast, I do hope that we'll spend some time in the new year reflecting on the things we've learned, with vaccines providing some proverbial light at the end of the tunnel. It's not too soon to be thinking about what we want to take from this and what we don't want to go back to. And to the degree this is really has been a kind of fast, we would do well to remember that the way you come off of a fast is really important. The temptation, of course, is always to fall off the horse the other direction. At the end of fasting, every cell in your body tells you, well, that eating a bacon cheeseburger and a Captain Crunch covered donut is clearly the next best thing to do. But the better move is to start a little slower and smaller, to let your stomach wake up again. So one question I have for you is, what are the things you're going to do to let yourself wake up again without ending up with a stomachache? Now, if the spiritual practice of fasting is a helpful lens through which to see where we've been this year, then maybe to see where we hope to be going, we should think about the spiritual practice of feasting. And most of us don't think about feasting as a spiritual practice, maybe because it doesn't sound like something that takes much practice. But I'm not sure that's true. Doing whatever we want as much as we want isn't feasting. That's gluttony, one of the seven deadly sins. Feasting is about approaching the gifts and good things in our lives wisely. It requires maybe as much discipline and mindfulness as fasting does, perhaps because that line between it and gluttony is so thin. So to feast well requires at least two things. First, it means knowing that the full plate or the full house or the full day is a gift. To feast is to celebrate the abundance we have, we have knowing that it was not earned but given. To feast well with, is to feast with sincere humility and to give thanks. And second, a good feast is always shared. It's done with others and with others in mind. The attention is not on ourselves and what we have. We feast by keeping in mind those around us and especially those who don't have enough or who, for whatever reason, are not at the table. In his first letter to the Corinthians, Paul says, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do everything for the glory of God. And that's really what good feasting is about. When we give thanks, we love God. When we think of others, we love our neighbor. And all of it to God's glory. We hope that in 2021 we'll see a little more feasting and a little less fasting. But really, we are always flowing back and forth between them. There are chapters in our lives that feel more like one than the other. 
There are experiences that pull us from one to the other without asking us first. And we sometimes experience them both at the same time, one part of our life in a period of fast, another in feast. And learning to move between them gracefully, to hold them at the same time, well, that's wisdom. It's interesting to think of Jesus with all this in mind. I don't know that we give enough consideration to how different a Messiah Jesus is. My image of the classic spiritual leader looks something like Gandhi or Mother Teresa, and just about that serious. Certainly someone who is more fast than feast by natural inclination. But Jesus messes with that image. He could go off to the wilderness and fast for weeks, but he could also make sure the wine at the party didn't run out. In Luke 7, our scripture today, we have a really interesting exchange with some Pharisees in which Jesus says, John the Baptist has come eating no bread and drinking no wine, and you say he has a demon. The Son of Man has come eating and drinking. And you say, look, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Nevertheless, wisdom is vindicated by all her children. I think this passage, first of all, shows us how Jesus is perceived by the Pharisees. He clearly didn't fit their image of a guru either. I'm quite sure Jesus was neither glutton nor drunkard, but I do think he knew how to feast. He knew how to have a good time, how to laugh and enjoy life, how to give thanks and how to welcome others to the table. And let's be honest, that's not always easy for us to do. It can feel scary or dangerous or vulnerable. But just as there can be sin in excess, there can be sin in temperance if it keeps us from celebrating the gifts of God. And I'm not sure what we do with a Messiah that doesn't fit the image, but I think there's something here for us to learn. The third way of Jesus is a good guide for us as we move out of strict either-or, good and evil categories. The most important thing he seems to be saying in this passage is the fruit we bear. For wisdom is vindicated by all her children. So, as we turn the page on a new year, I invite you to reflect on a few questions. What parts of your life are in a place of fasting and what parts are in a place of feasting? And are there some parts of you that aren't being fed enough? Are there other parts that are maybe being fed too much? Are you being thoughtful about your, about your transitions from one to the other? And can you trust that when done wisely, both the fast and the feast have things to teach us. Amen.